Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, something some of you might have been thinking you would never see again, or at least until the season started again, it's the Football Podcast. I was trying to do a thing, just to see what I did. Yeah. Anyway, football's coming back. Football's coming back. And with that, comes the Football Podcast. A little pre-season taster right here. Get you in the mood for football. What you whistle, all those sorts of things. The crew are back. All the football guys are here talking their respective teams. And this season, I've got a team. More on that later. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Let people know how much you enjoy the football podcast or any of the podcasts. Share the podcast around. That's the big one. You've got a football fan in your life, send this podcast their way, they might enjoy it. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast Football Podcast. Recording in progress. Well, 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 well. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's another season. We're on the cusp of a new football season. One where our hopes and dreams will inevitably be raised and then crushed. Mainly, mainly mine, obviously, uh, going off the end of last season. Um... Hopefully this season it won't be Coventry doing any crushing. It'll be somebody else that'll uh, swoop in and, and crush my Premier League dreams as a Middlesbrough fan. But um, nevertheless, we'll get to that later on. So, welcome back, everybody. I hope you've had a lovely summer off to recharge your batteries uh, for us to go again for season 2023-2024. Obviously, I can't do this alone. Uh, I am joined by... Uh, resident Hull City expert and fan, Mr. Stuart Woodsey. How are you, sir? Hello. Um, I've I'm, I've reached that point where I've suitably forgotten about all the shit that happened last year and uh, ready to start with again with the delightful optimism for one podcast and one podcast only. You love to see it. You love to see it. Joining me alongside. Mr. Woodmansey is uh, Nottingham Forest expert and supporter, Mr. Matthew Moore. How are you, sir? Fantastic. Nothing, nothing's gone wrong yet, so we're all good. <laughs> He's absolutely correct. We are at that point, of course, where nothing has gone wrong yet, apart from maybe the occasional pumping in uh, pre-season. But as everyone knows... So one thing that might have gone wrong is, in some cases, kits might have gone wrong. To be honest, I quite like all the forest kits. I, I, I didn't think they were too forest, bad. Forest kits are fine. I think that was it the Middlesbrough one we had a slight oh, nice issue with. The 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 Middlesbrough home shirt isn't isn't the best. Uh, it, it definitely looks as if it's just had bits of tape stuck on it in parts. But I had this conversation with uh, with a fellow fan the other day. It actually doesn't look as bad in person. So it's one of those shirts that it might be like a first glance thing. Isn't it, is it worth in person? Because you'll likely be in Middlesbrough when you see it. Well, I saw it for the first time right here in York. So, 
Wow, they opened the gate. I know. Well, well I didn't really have to leave, did I? <laughs> so, so that's uh, that's two thirds of the well, two thirds, three quarters, as it were, of the podcast taken care of. Joining us is the head honcho, the uh, the Godfather, if you will, and for this season, maybe not all of it, but we'll come to that in a short while. Wrexham supporter and general all things Deadpool, Mr. Andrew Cook. How are you, sir? Honestly, if I could get my leg high enough, we we, we could cement that title. But, as I can, I'll just have to go with, I'm fine, thank you. Thanks thanks for having me back for another season. Just going off that, if, if, if you do indeed have... Mr. Mr. Poole tat- uh, tattooed on your person. Should uh, should the boys get promoted this season? Will you just have the Wrexham crest incorporated into the Deadpool tattoo? Oh, yeah. I, I, you're breaking. You're breaking up. What? <laughs> you're, I, I, tunnel. What? You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Cook committed to his next tattoo live on the podcast. Lovely stuff. So, we'll dive in where we pretty much left off last season and how we actually started last season's podcast. We're going to go through each of our individual teams. Uh, we're going to leave Mr. Cook's as... Uh, well, there's a specific reason. We, we covered it a little bit at the end of last season, but I'll give a refresher for those, uh, for those that might have picked up the podcast as a, as a new a new listener slightly later on so we're going to go through Hull to start off with then Mutaborough finish off with Forest we're going to give our predictions for what we think they're going to do this season and we're just going to talk the transfers in and out for each of the clubs for the current time so like I said we'll start with Hull uh, and according to my research that I did extensively through Hull City's Twitter account uh, amongst, uh, amongst other things um, I understand that uh, Hull, um, amongst certain youth players that's contracts may have expired and um, have been moved on, uh, I understand they have let go four players and replaced them with four players. Uh, the players that have left, I have got Callum Elder, uh, left back, has gone on a free transfer to Derby County. Boo yeah. that man. Uh, Tyler Smith. Centre forward has gone on a free transfer to Bradford City. Uh, I believe this cat, this this guy is just a youth team player, but may have played in the first team. Billy Chadwick, yeah, centre that's forward, what moved on a free transfer to Stockport County. Yeah, uh, and finally, Mister Moore is going to have to shed a tear. Tobias Figueiredo is no longer employed by an English club. The centre back who was previously in London Forest, has moved on an undisclosed fee to Fortaleza in Brazil. Obviously, Portuguese. He'll fit right in. Um, that, that, that was for an undisclosed fee, and when it says undisclosed, that means I think we had to pay them to take him. <laughs> for those of you who didn't tune into the podcast last season, Tobias Figueiredo... Not probably, uh, probably not making it into uh, Stuart Woodman's uh, all-time Hull City eleven. Oh, he might make it into the top three worst signings ever in terms of promise and deliverance. 
they didn't pay any money for him, did they? I don't know if they paid for him, but they started to pay his wages, which was still more, at least however much he got paid more than he should have. Uh, out of those four, any particularly disappointing ones that you probably wouldn't have... Um, I mean, Elder was probably not a surprise, but it, probably one of the longest-serving players, I guess. I think he'd been there four years or so. Um yeah, it's sad to see him move on, especially when he's, you know, degraded himself to uh, heading off to Derby. But he'll do a job for them. Uh, I think it's it's a good move for him. It's probably a better move for Derby. But um, yeah, good luck to him. I just shame to see him go. Really. So four players out, spaces to uh, to be filled. So I believe that Hull started with. Uh, somewhat of a bit of a coup. I've gone with this off, um, this is the, the order that the, the announcements were made via the Twitter account. So, I have the first piece of business was a season-long loan for centre-forward Liam Delap from Manchester yep. City. Um, that surname may be familiar to you, uh, is indeed Rory Delap of long-throwing fame's son. Uh, he's had a couple of loan spells in the Championship. I think you've uh, went on loan for Stoke. Uh, for, a, for a little bit of time I think he spent some time on loan at Preston last season and he's, uh, he's signed on loan for the full season I believe with Hull is that correct? Yeah, yeah that's what I've got as well full season I, so that'll do I, I think that's a bit of a coup personally I, I think he's uh, he's quite highly rated um, I think if you can hit the ground running uh, I, I think that's that, that very much smacks of a Rossini signing in the sense of he's looking for younger players to, to work with and that, that kind of ticked a lot of boxes the fact that he's got a bit of experience already he's, he's there for a bit more development it kind of like I say it falls into all the categories so it's um, I'm quite pleased with that one not seen a lot of him yet the bits I have seen were fine so let's see how he cracks on yeah uh, next on Stoke and did alright yeah yeah I was going to say I don't think he's I think the, the couple of long spells he's had in the championship he hasn't really he hasn't sort of set anywhere on fire um, he's been steady away. He's got a couple of goals. So, well, like, man, like, let's let's hope it's like you know, if he's there for the full season, hopefully he can bed in, you know, get a run of games in the first team, and uh, hopefully score a few goals. Um, next through the door, uh, according to Twitter account, I had a right winger by the name of Jason Lakilo, who signed yep. an undisclosed fee from Sparta Rotterdam. Uh, yep. This might interest Mr. Cook. Uh, the last player that I know that was signed from Sparta Rotterdam that came into an English club was a certain Mr. Marvin Emnes at the Borough. So, uh, I tell you this much: if I ever meet that man in a pub, I'll absolutely buy him a drink. Let's just let's just leave it there. All I'll say is, if he ends up being half as good in Andy's head as Marvin Emnes was, get used get used to hearing the name Lukilo. On the predictions for the next set of uh, months, basically. Um, any sort of fanfare about this one, or was this sort of a? Um, they did they, they did load it a little bit actually, um, but then when you look into it I, I, again, I think he's it's it's they've signed him for potential, not for what he's actually done already. Um, he played one game for Palace um, back in the day. 
Um, he, he came through their youth setup in 2015, apparently down at Palace. But since then, he's he spent most of the time on loan. A uh, little bit in France, a little bit in uh, Costa del Doncaster. Um, Wickham. Uh, he, he, he only played 17 minutes apparently against Wickham, uh, which he forced an own goal. So he wasn't even credited with a goal, but he forced the other team to score an own goal in that spell at uh, Doncaster. But then he's been to Poland and then eventually the Netherlands. So he's he's been around a little bit. Never really settled anywhere, um, so I think they're probably looking to change that. I think this season. Next up, uh, we have a left back that's also signed on a season-long loan from Sporting Lisbon. Uh, this this guy has had spells in the Premier League with Wolves and Everton, and uh, Ruben Vinegra. Um, I think he played for Wolves when they won the championship back in 2017-18. Um, any any sort of any word on that one? I mean, like, was left back a position they had to strengthen in? Uh, it, well, he only made nine appearances apparently that season, so it wasn't oh, it wasn't the greatest. Um, but still, it's all experience, I guess. Uh, but again, um, been around a little bit. Played for Olympiacos. Um, uh, yeah, no, I'm amazed he didn't end up at Forest. <laughs> maybe maybe that was back in the day before all of that was uh, a thing. But um, he's he's come. I think he came in from was it Sporting Portugal? Yeah, yeah, Sporting Club de Portugal, Sporting Lisbon. So yeah, again, been around a little bit, but somebody that <sighs> this time has got more Championship experience. I would have thought um, the. The left back position is definitely one that's up for grabs. Um, obviously, they've got Coyle signed a contract extension at the end of last season as club captain and remains at right back. But then he's got competition from Cyrus Christie whenever he decides that he wants to defend. Um, obviously, a bit more options going forward for him. So, but it, it was. The, the players that they had, particularly for the back, are definitely right-sided. Left-back is definitely an area that, that they needed, so I'm, I'm pleased that they've got one through the door. Um, but I can't get too excited about defenders that come in with promise. See aforementioned Figueredo. <laughs> so, the last player that we've got in, um, not technically a new signing, more of a, a completion of a deal that they've got sort of halfway through last season. Yeah. Um, the uh, the permanent sign of defensive midfielder Javier Xavier, I don't know, I don't know how you pronounce that word if it's English. Uh, Xavier Simons or Simons. It's like they've picked two really difficult names to pronounce and just put them together. Mm. They should yes, be they should yeah. they should be easy. They should be easy to pr- pronounce but no. Um he, he had a bit of a spell in the team towards the back end of last year. It was a bit of a no-brainer, really. He's already settled in, effectively, so why not? Um, so, yeah, that's quite happy with the business so far. They've not gone nuts, um, which I was a little bit worried, seeing as there was the whole, we're going to push for the Premier League immediately. Um, seemingly doing a bit of bit of sensible business on the quiet so far, so we'll, we'll see. I, I, there's probably a bit more time 
to come. I think there'll definitely be some some more in before the window closes. But um, watch this space. So that's the business in and out the whole assortment this season. So um, I've asked I've asked each of the boys to provide with, to provide us with a one to watch. So a, a player this could be a new signing. It could be someone that came through. Uh, at the end of the season and showed something in the last couple of games of that. So, Stu, if I was asked, if I was to put you on the spot, who would be your one to watch for the season and just a little sort of reason as to why? Um, I, I touched on it slightly earlier and I'm obviously going to pick one of the new guys because um, why not? Um, but yeah, I'm going to go for Lakilo because he seems like he's a, a little bit of a journeyman. He's got something to prove so hopefully he's got that bit between his teeth and actually get stuck into the task at hand. Um, it's rare that Hull sign a right winger, because normally we buy a striker and accidentally turn them into a right winger. Um, so the fact that they've actually bought somebody to do that job is is, is new. So <laughs> fingers crossed he knows what he's doing from the start. And, uh, and even if he doesn't score a lot, you'd, you'd presume he was there for the assist opportunity, because we're still fairly top-heavy with um, obviously Delap coming in, and we've still got... Tete, we've still got Estepinian. There's, there's, there's actually a fair bit up front for the time being, so we'll we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, Lakilo purely for the uh, the opportunity, I think. Yeah, I think like you said there, obviously, like, that's that's always the worry with a, with a sort of a young player who's maybe made a couple of different loan moves or a couple of permanent transfers or that. It's always the worry when they sort of get to that. How old is he? Like, tw- is he early twenties? Um, I want to. I want to say twenty-five, but I might be wrong. Let me find out for you. Obviously, the the, the worry is obviously like, like potentially that <clears throat> there might be a reason why he's only sort of like you know spending a year at these clubs and moving around. But um, by, the, by the time the season gets into the the meat of the opening, he will turn twenty-five in early September. Yeah. So he's at that point now where he probably wants to. He probably wants to make, you know, a, a permanent sort of like location so he can, like, you know, get. Oh, kind of, that kind of surely that kind of age is a bit make or break. If you can't, if you can't cut it, then at that time, then really, what's he going to yeah. do? Spend the rest, spend the rest of his life bouncing around like League Two and bit like below. So I think so, I think I think he's got a lot to prove. So hopefully that'll. Uh, Work in his favour and in ours. Yeah. So there you have it, uh, Jason Lakilo, student one to watch for the season. Um, so we're now going to uh, we're now going to give our prediction as to where we think Hull are going to finish the season, um, and our uh, pick as the top scorer for the club. So um, it's it's obviously Stu's team, so he will go last in the prediction. Um, I'll jump in straight away here. Uh, they finished fifteenth last season. With Oscar Estepinian getting 13 goals as the top scorer, the most assists for the club was Regan Slater with four. So I've got them to improve on that. So I've got them to finish 10th this season. And I have stuck the lap down as the top goal scorer. Um, Andy, what have you gone for for the position finish for Hull for this team? I feel that um, I may have gone 
the wrong way to you. I'm, I'm apparently a little less optimistic. I've gone with 12th. Which, 12th? Which, which surprises me. I'm, you know, I'm usually Captain Optimistic. Um, unfortunately, I have copy-pasted uh, last season's top goal scorer. Uh, and uh, spoilers features heavily in a lot of predictions coming down the pipe. Uh, Oscar to be the top scorer. Very, very nice, Mr. Moore. Well, some of the some of the viewers might have seen them see me throw my hands up because uh, I, I I had a dalliance with eight, but I settled on ten. Uh, annoyingly, I was like, "Wow, oh, come on!" <laughs> so I've got ten, and I've gone for Estepinian as the top scorer as well. <clears throat> Hopefully, you'll come back with a bit of kind of point to prove and that type of stuff. Yeah, he definitely uh, went off the boil a little bit, didn't he? Yeah. He, was in, he? He picked up a bit of a niggling injury towards the end of the year, didn't he? So he never really got a run at the end of the season. Um, and I think by the end, it felt like they were keeping him out just to make sure that the injury recovered. And it, it kind of didn't come across very well, as in it, it came across as a bit of frustration. Um They've got a bit more of a balance in the side now, so hopefully they can manage their uh, workload a little bit better. Just you to finish us off then, uh, sir? Uh, as is usually the case, Mr Williams. Um, I have weirdly gone for Delap, so the same prediction as you for the, the uh, top scorer. And I hope that regular listeners are seated when listening to this, because I have gone the highest out of the lot of you, because I have gone ninth. Um, like I say, there's always this thing about, oh, we're going to aim for the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. 15th to ninth in one year, to me, I think is plenty enough to be seen as progression. Definitely enough to keep Rossini in a job, because that'll. Sh- I just think it'll show he's, he's doing what he's there to do. Um, I just don't think that playoffs are uh, achievable this time it's around. Just a, it's just an insane league. You, know, you could say it every year about the championship, but doing the research, I just looked at the league and I was like, it was it was more of a challenge to pick three clubs to go down yep. than it was to pick. But like, and then the rest of the league was. You just looked at it and thought that is a stacked league of really good sides that are invested in their teams and everybody's invested in the team. I was just like, yeah, so kind of spoiler alert for future stuff. It's such a difficult league to predict. I get I get the feeling this may come up later when we give our championship-based prediction. Uh, but they have it, ladies and gentlemen. So, Stu 9th, myself and Matt 10th, Andy 12th for the predictions. Me and Stu both on the Lapis top goal scorer. Matt and Andy both on Estepinian as top goal scorer. So, that's Hull done and dusted. We're going to move on to Middlesbrough next. Before we do that, we're actually going to take a small break just to uh, whet the appetite somewhat for, obviously, the team that you're all here for. It's, it's, it's clearly the Borough coverage that everyone comes back for. So, don't touch your dial, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Recording in progress. See, I told you. You worked on one. So... Hold on, Dusty, like we said, so we're going to dive in with Middlesbrough. So, quite the uh, quite the quite the off season of upheaval uh, at the Riverside this season. There was a lot of players out, uh, and so far 
seven players that have come in. So the players that have left the club, uh, Grant Hall, centre-half, has gone on a free transfer to Rotherham. He was on loan at Rotherham last season. Uh, Luke Daniels, uh, goalkeeper, has gone on a free transfer to Forest Green Rovers. Never really played that much, so not a huge loss uh, to the club. Um, Left-back Mark Bowler has moved to Samson Sport in Turkey on an undisclosed uh, for an undisclosed fee. So watch this space. He'll obviously be signed by Hull next uh, off-season as he's now got the Turkish connection. Um, uh, a young left-back uh, by the name of Jack Robinson uh, was uh, has, has made a free transfer switch to Carlisle. Only played a couple of team, uh, a couple of times in the first team. Um, was never really looking like he was going to get a, a move into the first team. So that one made a lot of sense. He was on, uh, I think he was on loan at Carlisle last season as well. Um, uh, another goalkeeper's left the club. Uh, Joe Lumley has been released from his contract. He's yet to uh, find another club. He was on loan at Reading for the season last year. And Darnell Fisher, uh, the right back, has also been released. He is the guy who came on last game of the season against Craig against Coventry after he'd been out for pretty much two full seasons uh, with an injury. Um, so hopefully he can continue his career as another club. Um, Borough also they've released so they've let go of two goalkeepers on a permanent basis. Um, obviously, there must have been something in the goalkeeper room that was with this season, as they've also loaned out three other goalkeepers for the season. Uh, Liam Roberts, who was the backup last season, has gone on a season-long loan to Barnsley. Um, Sol Brin, uh, he's uh, a keeper from the academy who has had a little bit of a sniff around the first team, but he's gone on a season-long loan to Leighton Orient. And Zach Hemming, another goalkeeper from the academy, has gone on a season-long loan to St Mirren. So, obviously, that leaves Borough with zero goalkeepers. From a transfer perspective, we might come to that in a minute. So, a lot of players leaving the club. As I said, so far we've had seven incomings, the first of which was Alex Gilbert, uh, a forward player who uh, joined on a free transfer from Brentford's B team. That's not a play on words. They don't have an academy as such, they just have a B team. Um, they quite famously, I think, scrapped their academy a number of years ago as uh, they were sick of training up players for other Premier League teams to just poach for very a very low fee. So switched to having a B-team model where they just brought in um, younger players that might have been released from other teams, train them up. If they're good enough, get them into the first team. If not, move them on, get a little bit of a fee for them. Uh, so he's joined from uh, Brentford, um, played a couple of games in pre-season, looked quite sharp, can play anywhere across the front three. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, fill the void left by Cameron Archer, who hasn't come back uh, following his loan to from Aston Villa. Next through the door was a centre-back uh, by the name of Rav Vandenberg, who joined for an undisclosed fee from Peck Zwerle in the Netherlands. Um, don't know an awful lot about him. Uh, he does have an older brother who plays for Liverpool by the name of Sepp Vandenberg. Uh, I think he spent a couple of uh, a couple of teams on loan at Preston in the last couple of years, so he's only 19, um, so probably one for the future. Um, 
Next up, there was a double signing uh, of an attacking fielder by the name of Sam Silvera, who joined for an undisclosed fee from Central Coast Mariners. Uh, he signed on the same day as a goalkeeper by the name of Tom Glover, which has got to be one of the more apt names for a goalkeeper. Uh, he joined on a free transfer after his contract with Melbourne City had expired. Uh, next up uh, was an attacking midfielder by the name of Morgan Rogers, who joins from an under, uh, from Manchester City's academy for an undisclosed fee. Again, um, just one of those players who could fit in anywhere and sort of across the front three. Um, probably be a replacement for, like I said, like an Aaron Ramsey type who hasn't re-signed on loan from Aston Villa. Uh, but was very important in the running towards the end of last season. Um, and given the amount of goalkeepers that had left the club, for a, went on to sign two more goalkeepers. The first uh, was Seni Dieng, uh, a goalkeeper signed for an undisclosed fee from Queen's Park Rangers. Uh, when he was announced on uh, on Twitter, uh, he had a picture. He had a, he was the picture they actually released was him holding up the outfield player's shirt as opposed to a goalkeeper's shirt uh, and some smart ass on Twitter was like oh, holding up the outfield shirt as if he's going to be uh, playing in midfield is he um, to which they uh, tweeted uh, a video clip of him scoring a goal against Sunderland from last season so uh, top banner from the uh, from the Middlesbrough admin there uh, and just rounding out the goalkeepers as I said um, the last or so far the last uh, player that they've brought in is Jamie Jones, uh, a goalkeeper who joined in a free after his contract with Wigan Athletic uh, ran out. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players out, and so far seven in, just to sort of uh, balance the books somewhat. Um, again, like like Stu said, it's probably probably about about right, not not loads, but you know, probably just replacing the players that have, that, have, that have left the club more than anything. Um, I still expect a little bit more business between now and the close of the, uh, the transfer window. Um, but, but we'll see what happens. So, obviously, Stu gave us his one to watch from a Hull perspective. Uh, so the one that I will go for for the Borough perspective uh, is the attacking midfielder that signed from uh, a team in Australia by the name of Sam Silvera. Um, it's come with with quite a high um, pedigree. It sounds like he's uh, an exciting talent, one that's uh, one that's potentially looking to be uh, um, one another one for the future. But he could he could just hit the ground running potentially. Um, so I saw him play in the preseason game that they, uh, they played against York a number of weeks ago. Um, he looked quite tricky, quite pacey. Looked like he could sort of beat a man, take a man on, um, and then whip the ball in, um, or have a shot on target. Um, he, he does look quite lightweight at times, so he might potentially struggle with the, the physical aspects of the game over in England, but. Um, I think, uh, yeah, he's, he's probably the, one of the more exciting players that they've brought in in a long time. Could take him a while to get used to the pace of the league, but I think if, if, he, can hit, if he can hit the ground running, um, he, he probably will be my exciting one to watch. <clears throat> so, 
we'll do our predictions. Um, now, potentially, Mr. Mr. Woodmancy uh, may or may not be, uh, be still in on, on the video, as uh, those of you watching on YouTube may have noticed that he's, he's, he's frozen it in uh, the, uh, the, the position you currently see on the screen. Um, are you still there, Stu? Yeah, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Right, excellent. So, obviously, Borough being my team, I'll give my prediction last for where I think I'll finish and the, uh, the guy that I've got listed as the top goal scorer. Um, at the end of last season, they finished fourth, so they finished in the playoffs, uh, but sadly knocked out by Coventry in the, uh, in the playoff semi-final. The top scorer was Chuburakpon with 29 goals in all competitions. He was indeed the top scorer for the division as a whole. And the most assists came from the right, uh, came from the left back, uh, Ryan Giles. Sadly, hasn't re-signed at time of recording from Wolves. Um, because we know he's uh, he's there, but because we know we can hear him, uh, Stu, what have you got for the position where Borough will finish this season? So, you know, we had this thing about the potential for an outlandish prediction. Yes. I've got Borough to finish second. Interesting. Wait until we get to the other ones. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I may be ejected from the podcast. <laughs> uh, your top goal scorer pick. Uh, if you look past Tuba, then why are we even here? So you're going for my only so so yeah. So my only worry with this is that how, like, how long has he got left on his contract? Because if he starts the season like a man possessed, he might be getting sniffed at by January. So he's out of contract at the end of the season. Oh, well, there you go. So <laughs> he might he might screw, screw my prediction by being good. Who knows? But we'll see. <laughs> and because of that, and if he starts the season well, and a Premier League club say like Everton starts the season terribly, I think he's one of those easy players where a, a, a low-end Premier League club might panic and just go and say, just throw 15, 20 million at him and just see if they see if they take the bait. Yeah. Uh, Andy, what have you got for position where Borough will finish? Personally, I feel that Stu's pred- prediction is ridiculous because uh, I've got Borough down to finish first, so we don't have to deal with any of this playoff nonsense. However, I also agree that if you if you're going past Tuba, what 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 exactly are we doing here? So uh, yeah, tubes for obviously you know wow. once he gets immediately picked second game of the season and disappears <laughs> off to the uh, to the prem or in fact a different team for some reason. Yeah, mm. but but that's how it stands at the moment. Okay, so Stu's gone for Borough to finish second. Andy's gone for to finish top of the shop. Uh, they've both picked Akpon to be the top goal scorer. Matt, what have you picked in this particular regard? I've gone slightly less optimistic due to the kind of discussion that we had before. Uh, I've gone fifth. I still think they'll be there or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, a tuba as the uh, as top scorer. So, I mean, yeah, like Andy said, he'll either be crocked in the first match or he'll be sold by... <clears throat> this time, August. <laughs> yeah. 
by the time we finish recording, is the <laughs> See so in three or four weeks. So as it as it stands at the moment, he, he is technically injured at the moment. Uh, Carrick came out and said um, after a preseason game they played last week that he's just got a small he's got a slight knock at the moment, which is why he's not well, he's not featured. Uh, in Sounds like so something on a, somebody on a transfer list would say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so that just leaves myself. Um, I agree with one of the predictions that has been stated so far. It's Mr. Woodman C's prediction. I have, I, for the, I believe, for the second season in a row, I've, I've, I've tipped Borough to finish second in the league. The only reason I've picked that is because I'm not entirely convinced that the three teams that have come down have got their out in order. Southampton seem like they're all over the place. Leicester have got massive debts and Leeds are just hemorrhaging players left, right and centre. So I think there's a possibility there that they could capitalise on that. And if they start the season well, so if, if you think about it, if they started the season well last season under Wilder, Carrick wouldn't have had to make up so much distance, so much ground to get them to where he got them. So if they have a positive start this season, extrapolating his points per game ratio since he came in, he's, work, he's working at about a two points per game ratio. And I think that in the past has been enough to get teams from early. Um, as for top scorer, I haven't agreed with everyone else. And I've actually gone for Marcus Forbes to be the top goal, goal scorer this season. I think he showed... Because he's due... I know that this, this is this is where us not being able to see Stu has kind of come back to bite me in the ass. Um, I think at times last season he showed that he was very well equipped to play on that right hand side. Um, if they're not able to bring in a recognised central striker, I think there's a, point, there's a very real possibility that he either he could be moved to that position and play through the centre. Um, and move Isaiah Jones or one of the new guys that's come in out to the right hand side or there's even the possibility that he could take the position that Akpom's been played in behind the striker and Akpom becomes the main guy up top um, and I think he can I think he can kick on and I think he can become the, uh, the sort of the go-to guy for goals this season so there you go Middlesbrough done and dusted so that just brings us to the big boys as it were, the Premier League team in the pack, Nottingham Forest. Um, not quite as busy an off-season as they had last year. Obviously, the circumstances are completely different. They didn't have as many loan players on the books as they did this time last season. Um, I have on my list, and I have checked this with Mr Moore, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players leaving. Now, I know Mr. Moore has slightly more than that, so he might have to fill in the gaps here that I've left. So, I have Tafu, central midfielder, moved on a free transfer to Rotherham. Um, Jordan Smith, I was going to say young goalkeeper, but I believe he's in his late 20s, uh, has moved on a free transfer to Stockport. Has he ever played for the first team? Yeah, he, he did. He played quite a few. He played a few, a few games here and there. I think the most important one is uh, Ipswich. I can't 
I can't think which year it was. I think they had to beat Ipswich to stay up. And he right, made okay. like a wonder save in the last few minutes to kind of keep Forrest in the division kind of thing. Yeah. So he's kind of one of those ones where, unfortunately, he just never got a run in the team to kind of establish himself. I think he would have been fired if we would have been all right in the championship, but there was always a somebody in front of him. Yeah. Um, next up uh, was uh, a transfer that's just been completed within the last couple of hours, actually. Uh, Centre forward Sam Surridge has left on an undisclosed uh, transfer fee to join Nashville SC in the MLS. Um, bit, of a, bit of a strange one, that one. Like, you, you sort of mentioned it a couple of weeks back, or a week or so ago, and said that you think that's a... You're surprised that no one in the uh, in the championship was looking at him for that particular price and stuff like that. The, the, apparent, the apparent amount is five million, and unless he just wanted a complete break away from English football to try and go and establish himself, you know, I think I messaged you guys earlier and said he will score an absolute ton of goals next year in the MLS. Mm. So I don't know whether he's just gone and thought, right, you know, he's only twenty-four. So whether he's thought, I'll go and play there for a few years, or maybe just want to create a new life for himself over in America, and then come back. But, yeah, it seems strange that he wouldn't try and, you know, why, say, a Hull or a Middlesbrough or some, a team like that that needs might need someone to score some goals would pay that £5 million for somebody who, if he gets a decent run in the team, I reckon could score that 15, 20 goals that he needs to get into the next level absolutely yeah I couldn't agree more I think there was there was talk that he apparently at some point was, was a was a target for Middlesbrough at the close of the transfer window last summer but obviously they just ran out of time to get the deal over the, over the line and it obviously never came to pass and they, they never really uh, looked back into it obviously with why they're leaving by the time the transfer window reopened um, the next list of players I've got are just players that have been released after their contracts expired um, so we've got Andre Ayew um, that's been released Jack Colback um, probably the longest serving player on the list what's he five six years maybe yeah and he was offered like a player coach position but I think he wants to play another couple of years and apparently right. there's three championship teams that are looking at him at the moment it'll be great for either a young team that are kind of looking for some, like a, someone in the midfield to kind of organise them and sort them out and be a leader in the in the dressing room. He'll, he's great. Um, yeah, Andre Ayew didn't really work out. The, the Jack Colbert one just, 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 like, just reeks of like an Ipswich signing. You've got yeah. a team that's just come up from League One, needs a, needs a solid uh, championship-level player that's you know knows the division and play well and stuff like that you know it's like a solid 7 out of 10 each week and stuff like that to be fair uh, I think I'd like we'd take him if he was if, if there was a chance I, I wouldn't turn that down yeah. it wouldn't shock me if he didn't turn up at one of the recently relegated teams either because he's probably mm-hmm. you know going yeah, there I suppose, and sort him out yeah if like Ward Prowse had to leave in Southampton he'd probably be a good replacement for Ward Prowse in Southampton so like mm-hmm. just like slotting that a little sort of defensive midfielder role but with a little bit of sort of an eye of like progressing the ball forward um, the last uh, the last three I've got uh, was that uh, Lyle Taylor 
released from his contract, no great surprise, was never in the Premier League squad uh, at any point. Um, probably should have been sold last season, really, uh, but never really came to pass. Um, goalkeeper Adnan Kanjaric. Another one that I'd seen was just was just listed as a as a release, uh, but can't say I ever heard him play or anything like that. So. No, I think he sniffed around the first team, but was on the bench mainly. But just when we were desperate, unfortunately for him, I think it was just. Yeah, I think he's apparently still training at the club while he's looking for another team. So right, and last on my list. Um, speaking of desperate, um, sadly. Mr. Jay Lings himself, Jesse Lingard, having to find himself a new team. Who would have thought? <laughs> Shock horror. The Saudi Arabia phrase came out. <laughs> the, the, best thing, the best thing about that was the fact that he uh, he was never he was never linked with Saudi Arabia. He just came out and said, "Well, I'd be I'd, I'd be interested if you know if one of the teams came forward for me." It was like. Yeah, yeah, we'd 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 all be interested, mate. We've all seen the amount of money that are being banded around. For someone who's done NAFL for what two, three seasons now, oh, yeah. Sky gave him time. Just that they interviewed him on live on Sky. I'm like, why, why, why does this guy deserve a minute of your time to promote himself even further? But yeah, yeah I was like, but shock horror. Still not signed with anyone yet. No great surprise there. Uh, that's the that's the list I had. Um, I believe you had some extra names on there as well that had been released. Or, or, or I think I'd, 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 I think I've probably just thrown in the loan signings that went back. So obviously Ren and Lodi went back to Atletico Madrid and went and signed for Marseille. Kayla Navas has gone back to PSG. Uh, Dean Henderson has gone back to Man United, but it's looking like he could be coming back to Forest in the next couple of days. And then the other two was Dale Taylor has gone to Wickham on loan. He's kind of played a few games in the cup. Uh, he's a decent player. And Finn Back, who is uh, Neil Back of Rugby Union fame, England Rugby Union fame son. He's gone on loan to Carlisle for this. They've both gone to Wickham and Carlisle on season-long loans. And the, the only other out, it's not, it's not team-related, but Gary Brazil left as director of the academy in the summer, they let his contract run out, and who knows where he's going. But wherever he goes, uh, they get a guy who will probably produce you somewhere around around hundred million pounds worth of player, which he's effectively done in the past 10, 15 years that he's been at Forest. Plus, you know, it's I think that that's a bizarre one for me. Um, them letting him go because the academy's been the thing that's kept the, t- the club afloat um, over the past. 10 years yeah I always think it's, it's strange when you, when you see like things going on with the academy so it, it, it kind of it, it happened at Borough but that was mainly because the guy who was in charge of the academy and had been for ages just got to the point where he wanted to retire there was a guy called yeah. Dave Parnaby and he'd literally been running the academy obviously not since day one but I think he was very I think he was involved when the club uh, got saved from liquidation like in 1986 uh, by the consortium uh, with Steve Gibson as part of it. Um, but he, he'd been like the, the sort of the main man in the academy for, for 
as long as I've been supporting the club. And then he moved on about 10 or so years ago. Um, and since then, they've still churned out players, but not at the same rate that they were doing before. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one. Um, but fingers crossed they've obviously got uh, succession planning in place. And, you know, it'll, it'll keep producing players. Um, so, that's the players out. Um, in, it's been slow at Forest. Just the two uh, that have come in. Uh, a right back, uh, Ola Aina. Signed on a free transfer from Torino. Uh, that's a name that uh, Mr. Woodmansey might be familiar with, as I believe he's played for Hull in the past. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he was there very long. Um, might have been in the time that I uh, dipped out after the whole Alam debacle, perhaps, but um, it's not, not one I'm massively familiar with. No. Um, and uh, another one that's literally just been completed today, uh, quite an exciting one actually, uh, is forward Anthony Alanga, signed for a reported fifteen million pound transfer from Manchester United. Uh, thoughts on that one, or, or either of those two for that matter? With with the with the right back and, and either, it, I, yeah, I don't know much about him. Chelsea, ex Chelsea. Youth product, I think, something like that, yeah. um, has kind of bounced around a bit. Um, That'll be why we had him. Put him. That'll be why we had him because it's like, oh, you've trained at Chelsea, come and live in Hull for six months minimum. <laughs> it's that usual thing where fans are like, oh, he plays for Chelsea, he plays for Chelsea, he must be meant, and then, oh, oh, he's not. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Alanga, yeah, I think he's one of them ones where a prospect that's kind of not got buried at United but kind of not got given a chance to play uh, it's this old kind of thing of oh yeah I've worked with Steve Cooper before and I, whenever you hear that it kind of it seems to be the standard kind of thing that Forrester are doing at the moment you worked with Steve Cooper was he, have you worked with him with the England under 17s or some kind of youth set up somewhere and that seems to be not the move at the moment but they seem to be these kind of people that are have either heard of him, worked with him, and have got potential that's not been untapped a bit. I know Morgan Gibbs White was different because they paid quite a bit of money for him, but it seems to be in that kind of mould of <clears throat> players that have played very well in that under-17 Euro- European Cup winning team that he was part of, um, and finding I don't I don't know, I don't know if Alango was part of that, but he seemed you know. It's kind of one of those ones where they say he's Swedish, but then he's lived in this country since he was 12. So, you know, yeah, he still is Swedish, but he's been over here a long time. And you yeah. wonder what youth setups he's been through there. So, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting one. I've not really seen him play that much. Um, I, I, I liked him. When, when I've seen him play for Man United, it, he's always been used as an impact player. And I think he did that well. I think it's just difficult for him, like being there at the time that he is when Rashford's now starting to hit his stride, and there's been a lot of upheaval with the manager, and like I, I just think it was just unfortunate timing for him. But I, I, I'm really optimistic for you about him. I think they've they've got a good player there, and fairly cheap as well by today's standards. Mm. Absolutely, I would certainly echo that sentiment. So. 
in the same way that I uh, have provided a Middlesbrough player, and Stu has provided a full player, Matt, we're going to come to you now for your one to watch for the season. I feel like I'm cheating a bit with this one, but I've gone for Danilo. Because um, he start, you know, he's, he was starting to show potential towards the end of the season after a bit of a shaky start, and he got dropped out of the team. He was in the team straight away, then got, dro- then got dropped for a bit. And then came back and scored some really crucial goals towards the end of the season. Um, but, I'm, yeah, I feel like I'm cheating. But he was the one where I was like, it's not like an obvious one like Gibbs-White. Because I could have gone Gibbs-White and that would have been really, really obvious and boring. Um, but I'm going to go Danilo as the one to watch. I think he could really start to take over this season and him and Gibbs White could be a real like threatening duo in that in the mid in the midfield pushing forward. Yeah, I must I must admit, I think he'd have been my pick as well. Uh, I've literally just done a fantasy draft of the uh, Premier League um, format. Uh, and I took him in my fantasy team because I think he'll be I think he'll be up there as a, one of Maybe not the game's highest point scorers, but certainly Forrest's highest point scorers. So, ah, that's the sound of all jinx in Matt's pick. <laughs> 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 so, that just leaves us with the uh, the prospect of doing the same thing we've done for Hull and Borough, but for Forrest. So, um, to give a bit of perspective, Forrest last season finished 16th in the Premier League. Tywo Awongi was the highest goal scorer with 11, and Morgan Gibbs-White had the most assists with Eight. Um, Andy, I'll come to you first for your prediction as to where you think Forest will finish this season. Yep. So I didn't want to be. Hard to explain. I'll just I'll just pull I'll just pull the plaster off nice and quick. Fifteenth. It's not it's not eighteenth or below, so I think Mr. Moore would take it. Uh your top goal scorer. Obviously written it down on my other the joys of having two lists running simultaneously. If it if it makes it any easier, I'm pretty sure at this point last season you picked Brennan Johnson. <laughs> so <laughs> I I have got Johnson down for. Um, I've gone. I've gone with uh, hoping that still playing a one year. Yeah, he's still there. Um, so so I'll jump in now. Um, I've I've gone for a little bit more optimistic than Mister Cook. I've gone for a thirteenth place to finish for Forest this season. I reckon there's. 
comfortably worse team than them in the league. Um, and I think that some of the teams that finished above them last season have probably got worse. So I think they've got enough about them to push on and uh, climb up a couple more places up the table. Um, and I too have gone for a one-year to be the top goal scorer. I think there's possibility there that he could get towards 20 if he stays fit for the season. And if he does, obviously that would be great for Forrest, but if he gets 20 goals in the Premier League, he is not playing in Forrest's colours uh, in season 24-25. I that play will not be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Stu, what have you got down for Forrest for position-wise? Well, uh, I'm going to slightly flip that. I have agreed with both yourself and Mr Cook. I have also got a one-year didn't realise that he was top scorer last year when I actually picked that. I just had this like remembrance of he started to come good towards the end of the season and I thought yep. that boded well. So. I think he had like six or seven in his last seven or eight games. So yeah. one year was, was my agreed goal scorer and as luck would have it, I have effectively split your differences in the sense of I've gone for 14th. Lovely. Love to see it. You love See it. Right then, Mr. Moore, your boys, your runners, as the Stu finishes off, so. Oh, I, mean, I, I mean, you might as well just do dittos for Stu's prediction because I've gone Forrest to finish 14th, they want you to be top scorer. So, across the board, we have all. The picked... only thing, that, the only thing that could throw a spanner in the works with that is that you've got the Africa Cup of Nations and he is uh, uh, in the Nigeria squad. But yes. I think. They don't miss a match. I think they only missed two games. Yeah, it's it's workable these days, isn't it? It's, they won't be the only club that will be affected by it, let's put it that way. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is not in the forest. Done and dusted. That just leads us to go through our season-long predictions in the Premier League and the Championship and then a little something involving Mr Cook's team. But before we get to that, we are going to have to take just another short break just to recharge ourselves with obviously giving you loads of information about our three teams there. So we're just going to power down for a brief moment, recharge, and we'll be right back with you for our Premier League and Championship season-long predictions. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. Recording in progress. Once again, we are right back. So, we've given our rundown of the off-season shenanigans for Borough, Paul, Nottingham Forest. Now we're going to give our season-long predictions for the Premier League as a whole, the Championship as a whole. So, I've asked our three esteemed podcast guests, contributors, to provide me with a Premier League winner, the three remaining top four teams, the three teams to be relegated, and a top scorer for the division. So, I will go to Mr. Matthew Moore for his Premier League winner, first of all, please. I, I, I thought about being kind of daring and adventurous. And I thought, no, because the rest of the predictions are a little bit more kind of thingy. So I've got Manchester City. Engage shocked first. 
I think, I think you may not have, I think you may not have seen seen it at the right time I, I, I he's made me look like a complete fool uh, right so here's where we might have a little bit of variation potentially the remaining teams in the top four in order so I've written mine down in the order that I think they'll finish so obviously I've got Man City at the top then I've got my next four. So, I have gone for, to finish second, Manchester United. I've then got Arsenal to finish in third. And I've gone for Liverpool to finish fourth. Andy, what have you gone in that order? Take your picks. Switch, yeah. switch three and four round, and we're done. The United to finish second, Liverpool third, Arsenal fourth. Correct. Okay. Uh, Stu. Um, I have got uh, Arsenal to finish second. United to finish third and Liverpool to finish fourth. Um, Liverpool didn't feature in my predictions for the top four um, until I saw the news that Jordan Henderson was leaving and then they instantly <laughs> went up in my estimation. Uh, Mr Moore to, uh, to, to complete the set. So I've got Arsenal second. Yeah. Manchester United third. Yeah. Chelsea fourth. Ooh. Jumping up all the way from 12th last season to finish fourth. He's gone for the Chelsea boys. Interesting, interesting, interesting. If you spend um, a billion on players at some point, you've got to go. Well, well you've got to spend another $400 million, don't they, for the uh, bowling spending to top a billion. Um, right, so, next up, I've got the three relegated teams. Now, I've kind of shafted myself here, because I've kind of done these in the wrong order. So, I'll go, your top answer is the team that you think will finish bottom, 19th, 18th. But it doesn't really matter, but for the sort of like sake of being in the right order, we'll do... Bottom goes top, 19th from second, 18th is at the bottom. The complete opposite way is what you'd write it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> to make it really, really, really tricky for myself. 
Uh, can we just, can we just all, all wind that back until the point where Paul said it doesn't really matter and then gives himself like extra points at the end of the season? Yeah, boy. Uh, what, what, what on the toes? For your 2019 18. Okay, so dead last, Luton. Yes. Next to dead last, Bournemouth. Yes. And rounding out what hopefully they will finish circling the drain and finally slip down Everton because that is a team and a club in an absolute state. Okay. Andy. I think the way you want it is West Ham. <laughs> Bournemouth. And I've also gone for Everton. Ladies and gentlemen, this right here is the bold stuff that you come to this podcast for. Mr. Andrew Cook has not got Luton Town to be relegated from the Premier League. Bold. Bold, sir. He has um, got Luton. Spell it with a W. What? I'm sure he meant Luton, not West Ham. I see. Uh, Mr. Moore? I've gone Luton bottom. Yep. Sheffield United 19th. Yep. And Wolves. Ooh, interesting. They are selling every man and his dog at the moment. I thought for a second you were going to echo my exact positions there. Because I, too, have gone for Luton 20th. I, too, have gone for Sheffield United 19th. Uh, and I've gone Bournemouth 18th. So, none of us have picked the same three teams. Which is interesting. Three of the four have picked Luton. Three of the four have picked Bournemouth. Two shouts for Sheffield United. Two shouts for Everton. A Wolves and a West Ham. Fair enough. Can, can we just also caveat this with the fact that Luton are clearly stacking up their home games so that they think they get a better run towards the end of the season by purposely I mean, delaying the, uh, the expansion of the stadium? I mean, which is, hands up, anyone who thought, hmm, yes, that stadium will be ready for the first week of the season. And it's mean, broke club. Sean, I can't get the people in quickly enough to fit so out shocking. Basically, they should have been given the ultimatum of, right, if you get drawn with your first home game being the first week of the season, then it has to be ready for that time. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't, was it? They got drawn away from home first game of the season. Haven't they put in an application to um, postpone two of the games is it as well right. it's not even the first one that that in its own right should either come with a point deduction or they should be made to move the location <clears throat> play it behind closed doors it's their own fault play on no. the pitch it's no. not the grass is getting dug up should, is it they should physically have to play at the nearest available stadium so they should have to move to MK 
and play all the games at MK for a season. <laughs> no, if they need to move it to the nearest location that could feasibly hold a football match, they'd be better off at the local park than that tin pot shed. <laughs> ah, the Luton fans that tune in for this podcast are going to be in their droves. Um, so, that just leaves us with the top scorer for the week. I'm going to give mine last, uh, as, I, as I, I, I'm wondering if it'll be said before it gets to me. Um, Matt, what have you got for the top goal scorer? Oh, I wonder. Haaland. I suppose I could have asked the question of how close will the next top goal scorer be to him? Who are you picking second? Yeah. Uh, Andy? Same. Stu? Same. And do you know what? Even if you'd have picked second, you'd have probably been well within your rights to pick his weaker foot as the second highest goal scorer. <laughs> now that, th- they should break it down like that. They should basically break it down to left foot, right foot headers and see if he can outscore somebody else in the division. I don't think see if he can I think when he does is more <laughs> so everyone's picked uh, everyone's picked Harland apart from me I've gone for Salah I think if Liverpool back, I think if Liverpool get back in the top four they're going to need someone to step up and have a big season I almost went for Darwin Nunes because I think he'll basically play pretty much every game because they don't have another striker so, but they can't be as bad as last year, can they? No, you wouldn't have thought so. So there you go. That's our pre- that's our Premier League predictions for the following season. Um, that just leaves us with the Championship. And as, uh, for the Championship, I have asked for a Championship winner, a Championship runner-up, a Championship playoff winner, the three teams to be relegated, and as previously discussed, top scorer for the division. So. Based off uh, some of the Middlesbrough predictions, I can actually fill in parts of the uh, of the predictions straight away. So I had already picked Middlesbrough to finish second. So had Stu, and Andy had them to finish first. So unless you wanted to hedge your bets here and uh, pick different things, nah, that's just weird. So Andy first with Borough, Stu second with Borough. Paul second with Borough. Um, we'll go across the board. Uh, to win the league, obviously, Andy's picked Middlesbrough. I've gone for Leicester. Matt, I'm assuming he's taking the same? Yeah, yeah. After this, I'm going to have to go for like an acid bath somewhere because I'm going to do this after these predictions. How, how dirty has that made you feel? I mean, not well. Wait for it, because there's something even dirtier coming in a bit. So, oh, um, dare I say, it feels like you might be covered in the the, the, the dust of the crisps that you've just sort of had to sort of cover yourself in from the crisp bowl. No, because crisp crisps would be nice to be covered in. I'd feel like box shit would be kind of. Stew, your league winner, please. Oh, keep keep the acid bath warm. I've got leads. Oh, no. Oh, stew. Yeah. How do you kick someone from the group again? Which button do I press <laughs> you're, to? You're, you're the one who's in so, charge of the group. Okay. You, you, yeah, but I'm asking which button it is. Yeah, 
Do we We've know? We've not finished these predictions yet. When we get to the other bits, Paul might be trying to do that as well. We'll see. What What have I done with my dead to me list? Uh, oh, here it okay, is. Okay, so we have we have predictions of Leicester, Leeds, Leicester, Middlesbrough to win the division. Uh, me and Stu are already in the book with our runner-up being Borough. Um, Matt, I've gone Southampton because I just think they'll recruit the right players. The thing that worries me is their manager's shit. Um, but I just think they might just be just too many good players there. Yeah. Andy? Coventry? I, I don't hate it. Although they have just sold their, their main striker. Fantastic. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> but, it's like, teams have done it in the past. Teams that have like finished the playoff final the season before. That's how Borough went up. They lost the playoff, season, they lost the playoff final season before. And then went up as second place so like, it isn't like they're going to do this to be to be fair to that end as well if Matt picking Southampton Ward Prowse won't be there by the end of the week so no, it, no. it works that way as well yeah very true very true uh, so next up we've got the team that will win the playoffs now going off what um, Matt was indicating from earlier I get the feeling He's going to say Leeds United for this. Yeah, pop me on the dead to me list. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I so think not, only start... got Leeds, not only have you got Leeds to go back up, you've got 40,000 40, of the dirty bastards to have a decent day out in London. I know, it's awful, it's the worst. Ugh. Ouch. Uh, I've sort of kept it in the family somewhat for this one. I've picked West Brom. With the playoffs, keep the keep the father-in-law happy and all that. <laughs> uh, Stu. Um, so yeah, so remember when I said that it might get worse for somebody else on the podcast? I, I have picked Sunderland. Interesting, because it's always some like real random team in it, and Sunderland had a decent season last year, so we'll see. They, they'll be very much based on how they recruit to backfill the the, the players that basically just drag them into the playoffs. I see. Mm-hmm. Like, they've not got Diallo anymore, and he was massive for them last season. Uh, that just leaves Mister uh, Cook for a playoff winner. Blackburn Rovers. Ooh, I'll tell you something. Mr. Cook has done his research, ladies and gentlemen, and if you want to find a team that has sold their, that's got rid of their top scorer or their best player, go see Mr. Cook, because he's absolutely nailing the picks here. Coventry got rid of Jerkeresh. Blackburn got rid of Brereton. Where, but where did he go, uh, Paul? Where did he go? Has he gone to... Has he gone to it's somewhere Salta in Vigo, isn't it? I thought it was Salta Vigo. Is it Salta Vigo? I could remember if it was them or Valencia or something. Cause I think he'd been linked with Valencia for ages. It, wait a minute, he didn't, didn't go to Chile? 
can't go to a Spanish last Latin American speaking uh, country though. Mm, true. Country, you know, yeah, his yeah, native yeah. tongue. Yeah, he'll be able to get his conversational Stokish out. Villarreal. Villarreal. Okay, so winner, runner up, playoff winner, done and dusted. So that just leaves us the arduous task of picking the three relegated sides. And as Mr. As Mr. Moore covered way back at the start, this was probably more difficult than picking the promoted sides. As I think you could argue that 20 sides in the division shouldn't be anywhere near the relegation zone. Comfortably, but then I, think, I thought you were going to finish that sentence with twenty clubs could go down as well, which mm. is well, yeah. I mean, kind of... look, look at look at how Borough started the season last year. Until Carrick came in, they were hovering around or potentially even in the relegation zone. Had they persisted with Wilder, who knows what might have happened? Same frozen until Rosinia came in, though, wasn't it? I was going to say October was looking quite bleak for the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it man. was pretty miserable time all around last year, and then it kind of it, all turned around a bit. It definitely wasn't the place to be. Let's put it that way. So I'll go in the same in the same order that we went for last time. So your top team is the team that finishes bottom. The next one is the team that finishes twenty third, and finally the team that finishes twenty second. So I'll just jump straight in here. I've gone for the three teams to go down as being Cardiff, Rotherham, and QPR. Andy's just sort of like done that sort of. For those of you not watching on YouTube, Andy's done that sort of thing where he just looks as if to say, oh man, that's amazing. And he's now about to give me three completely different names. No, just the order's different. But I'm, oh, okay. I'm, I'm just happy that that we have the we have the same three teams, just in ever so slightly different order. Okay, so who have you got to finish rock bottom? Rotherham, followed by QPR and Cardiff City. Okay, Matt, I'll come to you next. I was going to make some sly comments about uh, Cardiff will be all right if uh, Aaron Ramsey manages to play ten games. <laughs> Last me. Um, <laughs> I've gone rather. It's probably probably be same across the board. Rotherham bottom. Yeah. And then Preston, Preston and Birmingham. Preston. Wow. Their end to the season was shocking. Uh, they'll they'll do their usual start the season with uh, eight draws. <laughs> that's see that's the only thing for Preston. Like Preston are definitely that team that could just be like from the start of the season to literally the last game. They could basically start and end without moving more than three places up or down. Mm. They were always literally just be in the middle of the in the middle of the table. Spent their entire season like one goal away from feast or famine. Like if they'd have had one goal and like extra in half of their games, they'd have been pushing it. Yeah, uh, rock bottom for you, Mister Woodman. Rotherham deserve it. Been 
again another one circling the toilet wall for the last two seasons just getting the bin well no um, well no because this that last season was the first season in like eight where they hadn't either been relegated or promoted yeah so they were circling last season and the season before <laughs> second from bottom uh, it's a toss up for me um, between some of the promoted sides so I'm going to go Plymouth second bottom and Chef Wednesday third bottom although I could quite happily swap them round I think this whole thing with the Chef Wednesday managerial position has just thrown me somewhat there was no reason for him to leave Summit's Summit's obviously not right one way or the yeah. other there so Some, um, yeah something's a bit awry I think I'd, I'd agree with that um yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that only, only me and Andy picked QPR. They were rotten in the second half of last season. They were ro- they were really, really bad. I have them in that like Liverpool bracket of they can't be as bad as last year, though. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose that's fair enough. Um, I honestly right. stuck a pin in a piece of paper, to be honest with you. Well, like, yeah, I, suppose I, just that, didn't, that's, I couldn't. That's also a fair point. Uh, that just uh, the player that you think will be top scorer in the league. Um, I'll just jump in straight here. I think if he if he if he hits the ground running, like I suggested he might in the borough section, I think Force could challenge for the top goal scorer. Because I think Borough were second. I think they were only second to Burnley for team goals in the division. Might have even been the top goal scoring team actually. Now that I come to think about it. So I think. If they can keep that up, there's no reason why a Borough player shouldn't be the top goal scorer again. Andy? Uh, somewhat regretting the decision, but I've gone with Tubes. I, I think it's a, I think like, I, I don't think it's a terrible pick to pick a Borough player because they proved last season that they've got goals in the team. So, uh, Stu? Um, much like Andy. But again, as I mentioned before, it'll depend on if he's still a Borough player come the 1st of February next year. So you're going for Atpop as well? Yeah. Cool. Uh, Matt? Self-hating person in me wants to pick Bamford. But I'm not. <laughs> I, can't do, I can't do that. Uh, so I've gone for Dakar at Leicester. Yeah, I, I must admit... I had I'd looked at the odds the uh, the other day for who was the, who was the sort of the favourite, uh, and suffice to say, Ian Acho Dakar are the two outstanding uh, candidates as the top goal scorer. So, um, right, that is our season-long predictions done. However, as we said at the start of the podcast, Mr. Andrew Cook has a slightly different role this season in that he's not just there to provide his predictions for Middlesbrough, Nottingham Forest, Hull City games. As we discovered, as we discussed, sorry, at the end of last season's podcast, we were going to change it up this season and we were going to designate Mr Cook a team. We let him choose his own team and, as may have come up once or twice during the podcast last season, uh, it, was, it seemed only fitting that uh, Mr Cook ended up choosing his uh, Ryan Reynolds-led boys from North Wales. So, to start off the season, 
Mr. Cook will officially be a Wrexham supporter. However, we're going to play the winner stays on method. So, there is a possibility that during the course of the season, Andy will support 46, at minimum, clubs. Well, technically it would be 23, because obviously it would just be the... Or 24, because it would be every team in the division once, in theory. Ah, but what if, what, if his, what if his team moves to a division with less teams in it? Well, there's also that. So, rather than doing predictions based on Wrexham, I've changed it slightly, and I have asked the boys to give me a number of times that Andy will change teams due to the winner-stays-on method. So, as we, as we discussed, just based on league games... It could be as many as 46. But then, obviously, you have to factor in the cup games and Wrexham are eligible for three different cup competitions. So, there is a possibility that Wrexham could get beaten in the Papa John's Trophy, potentially by a Premier League under-21 side. If that is the case, I'm not going to count that. They're just gonna, we're just going to have like a do-over and it'll just move to the next game. But again, it could be, there could be a possibility that Wrexham have already been beaten at that point and it moves to the next team. Who, 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 so obviously Andy would then support the next team that beat Wrexham and so on and so forth. So, um, as it's technically Andy's team, I'll ask him to give his number last. So I'll just jump in to get the ball rolling. I think over the course of the season, Andy will change teams that he supports 18 times. I think it's. I don't think he's going to lose that many. And potentially the team that beats Wrexham could be good and then goes on a bit of a long run and just lose, etc, etc. So I've gone for 18. Uh, Stu, how many uh, times do you will change teams? See, I, I probably thought about this one way too much, but there's the, as we mentioned with the cup games and stuff, there's also that like think there's the potential for like diminishing returns as the team maybe gets better or higher placed perhaps. Um, but I did actually go slightly higher than you because I actually picked eighteen, uh, not eighteen. You picked eighteen. Picked twenty one. Also, the um, slight possibility that they get beat early doors by a good side in that division and then beat them again, like or, you know, get the points back off them later in the season. So he could start and end on Wrexham with like a whole host in the middle. That would be interesting. It would be interesting to see if, when they do lose, if he can get back to supporting Wrexham again. Yeah, <laughs> and obviously the EFL Cup starts soon. Down Premier League team, and then 
you're kind of switching around a lot then. But um, we have 14 times. 14? I did say 14. Didn't I? You did. Uh, go on then, Mr. Cook. Seems though it's your boys. Are you going to back yourself and do you think you won't ever change? Or do you think that Wrexham will at least, will lose at least once this season? So, I had I had what was probably considered to be quite a low number originally. And then the information of the fact that there's cups involved. And, like, I think it was Stu maybe pointed out that you could end up in the Premier League in, like, a couple of moves. So I, I've ended up going kind of in the middle with a 16. My original, my original number was 11, and then I thought, nah, that's, that's low. I foresaw Wrexham going for a while, and then yeah, I mean, a quick succession of changes. Given how, given how dominant they were last season in the conference, it wouldn't surprise me if they go the first 10 games without losing. So I think they've probably they've probably already got a squad that's too good for League Two anyway, potentially. So, so I mean, ladies and gentlemen, that is your 2023-2024 season-long predictions done and dusted. That wasn't too painful, was it? Uh, all that's left to do, I suppose, is to thank these three gentlemen for joining me once again to uh, start us off on the long and murky and downright filthy journey that we're all about to undertake for the next nine to ten months. I'm sure it'll be uh, long and arduous and we'll all hate it come November, but we do it every year, so more fool us. Eh? Thank you very much, gents. Um, join us again next week where we'll uh, we'll start off our week one predictions. Uh, there might be a slight twist in that, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, but for now, uh, thanks for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll see you all next week. Bye for now. So you go, what do you think to that? Little taster there for you. Little start of the season podcast. Ooh, it was a good one. Bumper edition. Getting it all in there, getting all the information you need. How do you think the season's going to go? How's your team going to do? Those are important questions. You can let us know by getting in touch. There's different ways you can get in touch. You can go to the website, find the social media links, send us a message, or go to the website, click the email button, and send us an email. The website is thecookiecast.com. And yeah, number one reason you guys can get in touch with us. Outside of that, if you wouldn't mind, like, share, subscribe, comment, leave a review that'd be awesome right join us for the next installment of the football podcast coming very soon but until then i'm going to say bye and i'll see you then thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football if you've enjoyed this episode please like share and subscribe